the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. I want to invite you to Romans chapter 12, verse number 9. The word of the Lord reads like this. Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another And do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Amen. Father, we need you. Clear the air and clear our thoughts and clear our mind. That we might be able to enter into the tabernacle of your word and hear from you. God, I am a vessel only who is surrendered to you on this morning. And Father, even as we declare your word on this morning, I am very conscientiously aware that there are spiritual presences that are not intended to help us to hear from you, but rather they are here as interrupters. They are here as distractors. They are here to wage spiritual warfare against the word of God and the will of God, as well as the people of God. But God, according to your word, I know that you have all power. And so even right now, Lord, I'm praying that in your power that you would arrest and evict every spirit that's not like you. That your word might go forward to change someone's life, to draw someone out of darkness and into the marvelous light. That your word, God, might go forward in such a way, Heavenly Father, that someone who's not faithful will begin to be faithful after today. Father, someone who's drifted will return to the fellowship of the believers. Someone, Lord God, who's just in need of a word from you will hear a word that will change and transform their life forever. Spirit of the Lord, have your way as I stand, speak through these lips of clay, the very oracle of God. Let my mind be clear and my spirit in tune to you such, Lord God, that whatever your will is, that it will be accomplished. Have your way in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray with thanksgiving and great expectation. And all said together, amen. Catherine, as we've been on this journey preaching through this series of messages entitled Romans 
12, a call to serve. We began our journey in Romans chapter 12, verse number one, speaking there from the idea, a plea to serve God for his glory. We move from verse one to verse two. And in the second part of the series, we spoke from the idea, be transformed for service. Last week when we were together, we actually moved on in Romans chapter 12 to verses 3 through 8 and spoke there from the idea, use your spiritual gifts in serving. And there we discovered that we are not to think of ourselves above others, but rather realize that we are one together as one body in Christ Jesus. So I want to talk to you on this morning from the subject matter, serve the Lord and one another with love. Paul begins to lay out for us the character of love. He says here in verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Love should have the quality or character that it is not hypocritical. As we have received the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, so we also ought to give it to one another. And as God gave it to us without hypocrisy, without false faces, with genuineness, so also ought we to utilize and distribute that same love to one another. This idea of being without hypocrisy gives us the idea of not having a false face. It's to be without any disguises. It's, it's the real deal love, if I can say it that way. We're empowered by God to give. So let me say this. God's not asking you to do something of your own strength. He's asking you to use the love that I have already poured in you and use that love to pour it out onto others. Paul said the character of the love that we are to love one another with and let this love flow through us in the service and in the utilization of our spiritual gifts and the ways in which we are serving him and serving one another is a love that never fails and a love that has to have the character of endurance. Verse number nine, he says, abhor what is evil. The love that we are called to loves what God loves and hates what God hates. This love is is a love that is repulsed and then pushes away from that which is against God. We're in a culture where we have people who are doing multiple marriages and they've got multiple spouses and they've got boyfriends and girlfriends all over town and they're saying that I love you and I love you and I love you and I love you and you and you that that's not the kind of love we're talking about here we're not talking about that loosely articulated love of the culture that we live in I'm talking about a God kind of love that abhors it is repulsed by evil it is repulsed by sin It is not embracing sin and trying to marry together sin and holiness because the two don't walk together. Don't tell me you love me and treat me like a dog because my knowledge of love did not derive from my encounter with you. It derived from my encounter with God. That's how I measure love. So if you're trying to figure out if you're in love, it ought to measure up to the true, genuine, real deal love that God has given. 
And so this love that he calls us to, the character of this love is a love that abhors evil, but it comes back and he says, but it also clings to what is good. More than clinging in the sense of holding on to what is good, to be married to what is good, to be inseparable from what is good. When Paul says, I want you to abhor evil and cling to what is good, what he's literally saying is he's saying, be so intertwined with that which is the will of God, the goodness of God, that it is inseparable from your behavior. It is inseparable from your daily life. It is part of what you do and what you are. But then he moves from the character of love to the conduct of love. And in verses 10 through 13, he's going to walk through at least 10, if you will, conduct of love. So first of all, he says, verse number 10, he says, be kindly affectionate to one another. Be tenderly concerned in loving one another, but also readily prepared to keep on pouring out love to one another as a stream of water. This blew my mind because the idea that is being conveyed here is that not only are we to love each other, but we're to have some reserve waiting to pour out some more love. So in other words, I shouldn't have to conjure up some love for you when you come along, but I already got some in reserve waiting. I'm, I've got it dammed up, if I can say it that way, and I'm going to open up the dam when, we, when, when I've poured it out so much that you are, are blown away by that. When, when it starts to subside, when the water of love starts to subside, we can release some more. Now, let me tell you this. You can't and I can't do this by ourselves. This is not a natural feat. Okay, this is a supernatural spirit given ability to do because people are not always easy to love. But we are to be kindly affectionate to one another, tenderly prepared to pour out love towards one another and to keep on pouring it out as flowing streams of water. Brotherly love, that whole idea of brotherly love he uses here is a devoted type of love. It's a, it's a committed type of love. It's the idea that you and I would have in a love for someone that no one would have to provoke you to love. Atypically, it would be the love like a parent would have for a child. I'm, I'm really trying to push us here because I know this is not automatic. But it ought to be. It needs to be for us to fully represent the king who sent us on this assignment. Because that's the way his love is for you and for me. So be, let it be that. He, he goes on in verse 10. He says, not only, not only be kindly affectionate to one another, he says, but in honor, verse 10, in honor, giving preference to one another. Now, this whole idea of giving preference to someone else is to actually exalt others above where, where you are, or, or at least to lift them up. Lift them up. Make them to know that they are special to you and to God. I'm going to say this. Lord, help me if I'm wrong. Especially if they're serving God. Somebody serving God we ought to go out of our way to make sure we honor them and make sure that they know, hey, I appreciate you standing at that door dealing with all them difficult people every Sunday morning who come in with smoke on them and, and come in looking all funny and, and, and don't want to sit where you ask them to seat and sit and all that kind of stuff. I appreciate you standing on your feet for two hours where the, while the offering trays are being passed around. I appreciate you doing whatever it is that you're doing as you're serving the Lord. I appreciate you. I exa- Matt, you ought to get a plaque. 
He says, exalt each other, honor each other, giving preference to one another, honor and lift them up. And in doing so, you create, in essence, a magnetic draw where everyone feels valued and significant. Can you imagine what the body of Christ would be like if we all felt valued and we all felt significant? What, what, what is our responsibility? We can help each other by honoring each other and lifting each other up respecting each other. He goes on. Um, he says, not lagging in diligence. Don't, 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 don't set, don't, don't be waiting for something else to happen. No, you set the pace. Lord, help me, God. Um, be, be fervent in spirit. It, it, he, he builds on that. It, it, it don't lag in diligence, but rather be fervent in spirit. Be lively in spirit. Be powerfully energized in spirit to honor these people as you serve them and as you serve me. And then he says, ultimately, he lets us know it is serving the Lord. In my giving preference to someone else, I'm serving the Lord. When I'm not lagging in diligence, I'm serving the Lord. When I'm fervent in spirit, I'm serving the Lord. So I'm serving the Lord in what I do as I love, as I, as I demonstrate love, I'm literally serving God. And, and watch this. Because God poured his love on me and in me. And he left me here as an ambassador of his kingdom. My responsibility is to walk throughout this desperately wicked world and demonstrate God's love to them. He goes on. Um, verse number 12, I think it is where I'm at. He says, rejoicing in hope. Um, this whole idea of rejoicing in hope is that I am able to rejoice in hope of what will be, even though I don't see it. That's what love will do. If I love you, and even though you're not where you should be or could be, I'm going to rejoice anyway because my hope is that you'll get there. So instead of me condemning you and crushing you, I'm going to love you and I'm going to rejoice in what you can be and what you will be. That's what love will do. It'll rejoice in where that person is going to get, not where they are. But I'm going to rejoice in hope. And the hope doesn't just rest on my hope of what you will be, but my hope is in Jesus Christ. Um, what else does he have to say? He says, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Love is patient when those you are loving are not loving you or treating you back the same way. I'm not, I'm not talking about secular love. I'm not talking about the cultural love. I'm talking about God's love is patient even when the other person is not doing what they should do. Pastor, how do you know that? Because when you and I were acting a fool, God was still loving us. He was patient with you. And even after he saved you and brought you up out of the horrible pit and rescued your soul and gave you eternal life, and then you still went back and did bad things, he's been patient with you. That's his love. 
His love is patient. It's kind. He's waiting. So it's patient, not just in good times, but it's patient when things are not going well. Steadfast in prayer. Love is being consistently faithful in prayer for other people. And if you haven't learned the power of prayer as of yet, I will help you with this one and say, look, the more the more prayer, the more power. It is my means of communion with God. It's my connection with God. Not only watch this, it's not to let him know what I need. He already knows that. But it's my faith statement when I pray to say to the Lord, I, I'm, I'm committedly surrendered to you providing it according to your will. Be steadfast in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints. We know that people have needs. We have responsibility in serving them by meeting the needs that they have. Love meets people at the point of their need. It's one thing for you to tell folk, I love you and I care about you. But if they have need and you won't meet it, that's not love at all. Love does. It doesn't just say it. Y'all still here? Verse number 13, he says, not only distributing to the needs of the saints, he says, give them hospitality. Now, what we would assume is he's talking about is like, okay, you know, be hospitable, which means inviting folk over to your house. Okay, which is, it does mean that too. But hospitable is a posture that we take as well. Let me give you a perfect example. Sometimes when you visit certain churches, you, you can tell the posture of the people is not a hospitable posture. This is not welcoming. And you feel like, man, this, they got this on lockdown, eh? I can't sit nowhere. Get ready to sit here. They say that's mama so 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 and seat and 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 you walk through the people and they they looking at you funny and stuff and that's that's an unhospitable posture. If we're going to serve God, we not only have to be welcoming, literally welcoming people in, but we have to be even in our posture welcoming to people. Because we will never be able to connect to the dead and dying world if we don't have a posture that's welcoming. If we don't posture ourselves, amen, somebody. If we don't posture ourselves to say, hey, you know what? I got good news. I got something that you need. I, my arms are open to you. You know what? And I see where you are and I see what you're struggling with or, or I, I care about what you, I've got to have the posture. I've got, matter of fact, if, here's part of the posture that would, that would probably resolve 50%, if not more, of our problem. And that's something called a smile. If you just learn how to smile, God, me. I mean, I know you got a mask on, but I, we can at least tell if you're smiling, if your cheeks rise up on the mad side or something. You know, your eyes are squint or something. But, you know, at least... A smile takes, goes a long way of I'm literally a posture of hospitality. Then he comes back and he says, he shares with us the continuity of love in verses 14 through 16. So it says the continuity of love looks like this. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Listen to this. The love of God is a means by which we can lead people who are walking contrary to God. In the direction that God is walking. Because God loved us. And gave his son for us. And he died for us. And rose again for us. And ascended to glory for us. And is making intercession for us. We have become one with him. We became one with him. Because he also deposited his spirit in us. To connect us to him. And we are in continuity with him. Now, when I'm walking in continuity with him, even though you may be walking in the opposite direction, my love 
that I have between me and God will now impact you. Even when you persecute me, I'll still be able to love you. Now, the reason why I can still love you is not because of me, Sterling, that you're looking at. It's because of the God that's in me. So the God that is in me is still loving that person outside of me. Now it turns them to walk also in concert with me and God. Are y'all still here? So we have the power of influence because the love is in us. So even though people persecute you, and guess what? Can I help some Christians here? If they persecuted Jesus, they will persecute you. And he even warned his disciples, look, these are the things they're going to do to you. They're going to persecute you. They're going to lock you up. They're going to talk about you. They're going to mock you. They're going to make fun of you, all that kind of stuff. So they did it to me. Don't be surprised that they do it to you. It's going to happen. And so guess what? But he says, when it happens, love blesses them and doesn't curse them. That's hard, Pastor. That's hard. It's hard for us, but it's not hard for him in us. All we got to do is surrender. So he says, listen. He says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Here's the continuity. Rejoice with those who rejoice. When my brother is rejoicing, I can rejoice with him. Because we have a continuity that it connected us together through the love of God. And so when you get an award, your entire body rejoices with you. When you hurt, I hurt with you. It doesn't matter what part of the body. If you stub your baby toe, you get up in the middle of the night and slam it against the bedpost or something, the whole body joins in with the pain. The hands help out. The mouth helps out. Start screaming. The knees and the everybody jumping. You do it all. The whole body gets involved. Are y'all seeing what I'm saying? We are one body. If we're to love each other, we're going to rejoice when others rejoice. When they're hurting, we're going to hurt with them. We're going to cry with them. We're going to weep with them because their pain is our pain because we're one body. That's the love that God is calling us to serve with. And if we can love each other that way, if we can care about each other that way, I just, I pray for a group of of people that can come together and love each other that way and care for one another that way. And they're not waiting for somebody else to do the job if you know the person's in the hospital you go visit them you call them you send them a card you ain't gotta wait for the pastor to go all the time or the deacon to go all the time i'm not saying you should inform them yeah but if you know that's part of your body too so he says rejoice with those who rejoice weep with those who weep be of the same mind toward one another it comes back to this whole continuity think together operate and function with the same mind the same attitude don't don't set your mind up on high things like you so high and holy above everybody no but associate with the humble and the whole idea here of, of associating with the humble is not that you that not that you lessen who you are it's not it's not that but no matter what state the other person is be be loving enough to meet them there be willing to connect with that person with the continuity that we've been provided by the holy spirit to do Because we're all one body. There is a continuity in the love that God is calling us to love each other with. And and the means in which we serve one another, it's going to be serving one another in love. We're going to serve God and serve God with love. We're going to use our gifts that God has given us to, to, to do the work of the kingdom. We've got to do it in love. So don't let your opinion of yourself fool you to believe that you are somehow better than the next person 
and that they're not necessary or that you're more necessary. We're all necessary. Love as God loved you. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.